Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. I find that one of the hardest things for many of us to understand is what is expected of us. And it is equally as difficult to help others understand what they're supposed to do sometimes. The problem often is that we assume others can hear the narratives in our heads and then we come to a weird crossroads of conflict where other people disappoint us or we disappoint them because we don't know what's expected to be done. As a result, weird behaviors emerge when others are trying to figure out what their job is or what it is that needs to be done or demonstrated. And when people do not know what's expected or what they are responsible for, well, they naturally create their own descriptions of what they are responsible for. And when people live by those personally set expectations, well, until someone comes along and says, that's not what you're supposed to do, they act appropriately. Then this really cool thing happens when they get that type of feedback that says, you weren't supposed to do that. The person who has been working for weeks, months, or years on the assumptions they have looks deep into your eyes and asks themselves, What's going on? Because they've been confronted with a reality and they try to figure out how to either pretend the comment was never made or if they can accidentally back over the other person when they're leaving the parking lot at the end of the day so they can go back to doing what they've always done. (laughs) Seriously, I want you to think about this and really reflect upon the root of the problem. Do people around you understand what they're responsible for, the skills they have to have, and the expectations they have to meet? If you can't answer that for those you serve around, then you are part of the opportunity for improvement. Opportunity for improvement is what we used to call a problem. This idea is something I want you to think about for every level of your life. Do you have a clear line of sight for those you live with, love, support, coach, or work with? If not, there's a significant level of fog in the world around you. And I mean that in the context of others cannot see clearly what it is they need to do and have no idea what you expect. Without clear expectations, people can only disappoint you, fail on their own, and find great levels of disconnect, disengagement, and frustration. So what do we do? Well, we remember that we're buffaloes who charge into the storms we're facing, and we fix it with a process, a process where we very clearly identify what it is that is supposed to happen how we are supposed to behave, what skills we need to have and obtain, and what's expected from us. I mean, how many times in your life were you working under assumptions only to find yourself on the other end of feedback that blew up your perceptions, disengaged you, de-energized you, and made you mad? Well, I believe that the process we're about to talk about needs to start the school year at the beginning of your year or project, and I have a process for you to support the success of those you serve. Now, I'm going to give you the example in a little bit here of how to do this with a student. But first, a quick story to help illustrate the importance of the need to clearly identify the job you have and the jobs of those you serve or those around you. Now, I'm very fortunate to work with, coach, and have thought partnerships with a lot of people. I love when we find ourselves stuck and we get to problem solve together. We get the opportunity to improve. 
I enjoy the riffing that takes place as we are iterating or innovating or fixing or whatever we're doing. And as both of us are looking back and forth and into our toolkits to determine what it is we need to do to help those we serve alongside every day. And last week, on three separate occasions, the same problem emerged with those I was working with or talking to or coaching. They were all newer to their jobs and couldn't understand what it was that others did. And when they asked the other people, well, sometimes the recipients of the inquiries became very defensive. Now, if someone cannot explain to you what it is they do in an organization or a situation and they become defensive, it's likely because they've never been told or shown, and they're probably nervous to disclose what they do because they don't want to be wrong because they invented the job. In cases like this, there are so many layers of system failure. It's really sad, but it's super hard when you're new to the situation or they're new to the situation and it has to be confronted. As I was thinking about this, I had an extraordinary experience that illustrates the importance of people understanding their expectations because it's the base of expectations that you are standing upon so that you can leap and exceed them for others. I was very fortunate this past week to fly across Lake Michigan and work with several schools in the Saginaw, Michigan area. In preparation, we shipped over all the materials I would need to support the staffs. However, when I landed and got into my rental car, I called my friend Roger and asked him if the package had arrived yet. He said, no, I've been sitting here all day and I don't know where it is. That made me a little nervous. I called my awesome assistant, Deb, and asked her to look at the tracking number and see where the package was. She indicated that it should have arrived three days ago, and as we were speaking, she and I, well, mostly I, me, started to mumble and grumble about the fact that we paid a ton for this package to get there early. It was supposed to be there Monday. Here it is Wednesday, and it's still not there yet. Well, she tracked the package, and we learned ah, it was in transit. In transit to destination, quote, unquote. And the last known location was Pennsylvania. Now, for the life of me, and I don't understand interstate shipping or how it works, and I don't really care, but at that point, I didn't understand how something shipped from Wisconsin to Michigan had to go all the way over to Pennsylvania. I don't know if my package was traveling around the Big Ten or what, but I was now in a little bit of a panic mode. But you know what happens when the storm emerges and what we do. We charge into it. So after my 30-second pity party and venting with Deb on the phone, I hung up. I looked up the number for the Saginaw Post Office and learned that there are three post offices in the greater Saginaw area. I decided I'm picking the middle one, and I called. As luck would have it, or divine intervention, I got through to the post office where the package was supposed to go, and I got Sarah on the other end of the call. She was remarkably polite, patient, and laughed with me as I explained my situation. I gave her the tracking number, she located the package, and explained that it was in transit from Pittsburgh and in a container. Woo! Good news. She said that it would likely get to the post office overnight, and I asked her if there was any way to intercept the package. Now, as those words came out of my mouth, I felt like I was 007. Anyway, she said, let's do this. She indicated that the post office did not open until 9 to the public, And she knew I started the service at the school at 9 o'clock. So she said, hey, here's what we'll do. The lobby opens at 7.30, and that's right before I get here. I could, um, let's do this, Ted. Why don't you call me on my cell phone number at 7.30 tomorrow morning? I was driving on the interstate doing 85 miles per hour because 
Michigan's got awesome speed limits. And asking myself, did she just say, call her personal cell? She then proceeded to give me that cell phone number and told me to call right away in the morning and that she'd let me into the post office to grab the package if it had indeed arrived. I was blown away by her kindness, her care for my success, and her customer service. This is not the normal thinking you might have about the post office. And here I was exchanging cell phone numbers with a total stranger who was all about my success. I thought to myself, is this in her job description? I doubt it. Now, the next morning, I woke up oddly calm, went for my run, and waited for it to become 7.30. I thought, I'll give her some time to get ready for her day and not contact her at 7.30. So, at 7.31, I texted her the receipt from the package and the tracking number, and then at 7.33, I called. Aren't I nice? She answered first ring, told me she was looking up the package. She said, to my great relief, the package is here. It arrived last night. She then said it's going out on so-and-so's route, but hey, she went another step. She's like, before I grab it or you hang up, let me just put my hands on the package while we are here to ensure that I can get it for you. So she waited on the phone with me. I made some jokes, and after about a minute's walk, she said, I have it in my hands. She instructed me to come to the post office and call her as soon as I got there. She'd open up the doors and give me my package. I left my hotel and stopped at Walgreens and bought a big bag of Reese's peanut butter cups because it's like a 75% pleaser and I pulled up to the post office. I had so much energy and enthusiasm because this woman was so willing to help me. I can't even explain it. I called her when I pulled in. She said, come on in. She walked the box out and I stood there in complete gratitude. She acted like it was nothing, but to me, it was everything. It was leadership. She was influencing me with her ownership of her work. She impacted my ability to be successful for others that day. She was graceful. She was tenacious in her pursuit of getting my training materials and making sure that I could be who I needed to be that day. And finally, she was kind, kind to a stranger who was in a desperate situation. I took a selfie with her because that's what you do. And I thanked her a hundred times and we both walked out separate doors and went about our day. It was so simple for her and so incredible for me. And it illustrated our ability to be in the storm for others and not even realize it. The rest of the day, all I could think about when I had some downtime was, what if everyone had clear expectations for excellence like she did in her own mind? Maybe we should expect the best versions of ourselves when we interact with others. And then I remembered how often people are working with guidance or expectations and doing it the way they personally invented it and accidentally disappointing people all around them. I mean, do I now expect everyone I run into to give me that level of customer care and concern? No, but I'll be disappointed in the future if it doesn't happen again. Imagine if this example was the expectation for service. Well, you know what? There are actually places like that, and they are usually very expensive places to be and exclusive. Places like the Ritz-Carlton, high-end department stores like Macy's, very expensive restaurants. They have processes for excellence, and people meet them because... They're reinforced. Okay, Ted, what's the point? Well, the point is in the absence of clear descriptions, expectations, and identified skills without any reinforcement, people invent for themselves a purpose. So let's get rid of that right now. Here's my question. Every level of every organization, there should be a description, a description of the expectations and the job. Do your students have job descriptions? I mean, think about it. What is the job of a student? Well, it's whatever they invent. 
Do the people you serve under stand? Do they understand the universal criteria for success that they have to live by and you have to achieve? I doubt it. I mean, many organizations, people don't even understand their purpose. So that's a problem. And whenever there's a problem, we charge into that with a process. This process can be applied pretty much everywhere. What is the role of a family member in this house? What's a member of this committee supposed to do? What's a student supposed to act like in this classroom or this school? And what's the captain do on this team? What's a principal do? What's a teacher do? What's a lawyer do? Well, in the absence of the clear expectations, you know what they'll do? They'll invent the job. Then they'll accidentally be off mission. Then they'll find conflict with you when you try to disrupt their worlds with expectations or outcomes they didn't see. And eventually, well, we'll all enjoy significant failure. <laughs> Not this year. Come on. This is about charging into storms. So let's look at the process and hear some examples. The process is pretty simple. First thing you do is create a great job, a great student, a great team member description. And it includes the following things. A summary of the expectations of that job. The list of qualities and essential functions and responsibilities of that job. The qualities you need to do the job. The qualities needed to work with others. The required skills and abilities. How to manage. Demands. Leadership responsibilities. And personal accountability. I'm going to repeat those again, but this time with descriptions. So, let's take a freshman. A ninth grader. Probably the weirdest educational transition year of your life. You go from 8th grade where you're king of the hill to ninth grade where, hmm, people have mustaches and mustangs and they drive and they date and they do all kinds of stuff that you've never seen before because last year in your school, well, you thought you were getting away with something when you stood in the bathroom for an extra 15 minutes. Now, now you're coming into a new situation. So here, you would write a two or three sentence description of what are the expectations of a freshman. So let's take a look at it. As a freshman, your role is to come to school prepared to be your best. Enter our school as a citizen concerned for others and respect to all. Enter each classroom curious and work to contribute as well as demonstrate your skills. Participate in your community and represent yourself in the best possible way in and out of school always. There you go. That's the job of a freshman. List of essential responsibilities. Well, as a freshman, you are responsible for your mindset, your materials, your relationships, advocating for others, your assignments, your learning, your citizenship, and your success. Your success is you define it. What qualities do you need to do the job? Well, as a freshman, you need to focus on these qualities in order to be successful. Time management, management of your assignment materials, ability to work with others, empathy, respect for all around you willingness to take risks, acceptance of the learning associated with failure, completion of your assignments, ownership of your success, and demonstration of your knowledge and your learning. What qualities are needed in order to work with others as a freshman? Well, as a freshman, you will find the most success when you collaborate with others, are curious, advocate for yourself, demonstrate empathy, maintain optimism, and look for best intent in others. Hmm. Freshmen, what required skills and abilities do you have to be successful? Well, as a freshman, you are required to manage your technology reasonably, balance multiple projects and assignments, demonstrate self-control and self-advocacy, and own your learning. Hmm. Manage demands. Well, how do you do that? 
As a freshman, we understand that there will be days that are longer than others, more difficult to manage, and some will be very stressful. In order to be successful this year, you need to demonstrate perseverance, engage in the service of support to ensure mental and physical wellness for yourself, participate in activities outside of the school day, ask questions and seek clarity, do not leave uncertain or confused. What are the leadership responsibilities of a freshman? As a freshman, you are a leader in our school and community, and in order to find success, you should maintain optimism, be gritty, be kind, care for others and yourself, care for the school, halls, classroom, and our campus, represent our school, your class, and our community with dignity and pride, and be a role model for your classmates. Now, the last section here is what are you personally accountable for as a freshman? As a freshman, you are accountable, and the best way to do this is to... Reflect on your progress. Review your journey with a trusted and caring adult. Advocate for yourself when it becomes too stressful. Complete your work and own your success. And focus on improving every day. Okay, now when you heard all of that, it's pretty clear what the job of a freshman is. But take out freshman and put any other job. As a staff member here, you are personally accountable for reflecting on your progress reviewing your journey with a trusted and caring colleague, and advocating for yourself when it becomes too stressful, completing your work and owning your success, and focusing on improving every day. As a staff member here, we expect that you manage your demands. As a teacher, we understand that there will be days that are longer than others, more difficult to manage and stressful. And in order to be successful this year, we need you to demonstrate perseverance, engage in the services that we offer to support you both for your mental wellness and your physical wellness, participate in activities outside of the school day with your colleagues to collaborate on the success of others, and ask questions and seek clarity. Do not leave uncertain or confused. This little list here can be used for anyone and anything. When I ran this by a bunch of other people, I was very much astounded by the simple fact that they were like, give me a copy of that. I just threw this together for today. But then I understood as I was collaborating with others that these are universal principles that we should put in place for everybody so they understand what it is that they need to do in order to be successful. And in order to create high expectations, support others, and clearly define roles, we actually have to do this. We have to provide development around those expectations. You can't just read this to the students or your colleagues or those you serve and then have to explain it to them, but then never describe what it looks like, provide them the training or support. You need to be smart about it. Now, I'll include this template filled in and blank for you in this week's TH3. But most importantly, I need you to start to reflect on how we too often infer our expected behaviors based upon our own experiences and our personal biases or behaviors and how that leads others to failure. I can tell you a hundred stories of ways in which I either significantly failed to meet an unknown expectation or significantly exceeded work product expectations and both ways I left very frustrated that no one had told me in advance what was my job. Every child walking into a classroom is entering with their own set of assumptions. And we spend way too much time trying to explain the roles or responsibilities to that child over the course of the year. It is the same when people start a new job. I thought this place was going to be this or that, or I had no idea that I was responsible for this. How come nobody told me? Or when was it my job to get all of these things done? Well, 
in the absence of process, you're going to have a problem. And when you have problems, you can either fix blame or fix the process. And I say we fix the process. I'm often asked by others, what do you do about pessimistic kids or colleagues? Well, my answer was just mentioned. One of the leadership expectations is to maintain optimism and be gritty. If you are told up front that that is who we are around here and you are not demonstrating those behaviors, well, now I get to tell you that we expect it because we've shared that with you. You were brought in around that premises. And I'm going to ask you what I can do to support your optimism and grit. And if you refuse to be willing to do that, well, now we have an intentional misalignment and we have a totally different conversation. Most of the time with adults, we just need to have the courage to invite them to leave if they're not happy. But with students, well, <laughs> that's when we demonstrate to them that we're not going to give up on them, that we share with them the process and the expectations before we even start. Because the most annoying thing to a child is when they see an annoying adult running around as a buffalo who simply refuses to give up on them, the relationship, or their learning. Frankly, Buffalo teachers rarely deal with pessimists because they model obnoxious optimism so much and to all around them that as a result, most of the herds that they run with, well, they're usually all running in the same direction. Maybe this year we need to begin with clear expectations for everyone and clear definitions of the expectations, the lists of essential functions and responsibilities, the qualities needed to do the job, the qualities needed to work with others, the required skills and abilities, how to manage demands and leadership responsibilities, and what they're personally accountable for. The last two years, I feel like we've lowered a few standards in order to get through difficult times, which was totally appropriate. But as a result, everyone's become conditioned to those standards, and now they will defend them. But now... <laughs> Now we need to, because we owe it to everyone, to level set the world we lead in. What we need to do is clearly show the descriptions needed in order to be successful. Because once we do that, once we train around that, once we reinforce that, well, then we get people who understand what we need to do here in order to be successful. And that, frankly, that's smart thinking. So let's actually do some smart thinking. Describe where in your life others would benefit from a clear line of sight for their job. List those who would immediately benefit from a quote-unquote job description. And develop your own job description and get it validated by your colleagues or your leaders. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and please share this episode and rate it on your platform. And if you have not yet subscribed to the TH3, Theodore's 3 on Thursdays, visit CESA6.org and search TH3 and there's a subscription button there. That way, every Thursday you'll get the tools and something cool to read, something smart to listen to, and something fun to watch. Also, and as always, thank you to the Well Pennies for the great music. I'm going to start doing something different here at the end of my podcasts on occasion, and I'm going to play for you different music that Brian and Sarah have worked with in their studio to design and develop with other artists. So today, we got a little treat. But finally, I offer you a reflection. Imagine someone coming flying in with expectations and no opportunity for you to give input or ability to understand or discuss where it is I will struggle or fail. The process I just discussed has two additional steps. First is to ask all those on the other end of the new description, what listed do you feel you can successfully do? 
And then where will you need support, coaching, or training? You can tell me I'm supposed to be gritty, but if I don't know what that means or if I'm someone who tends to shy away from risk or give up easily, well, I'm going to need some help. Now, how do you do that? Well, that's the second step. You teach, reinforce, and model. Yep, teach, reinforce, and model. Show people how to be optimistic. Demonstrate through your actions how we don't quit on ourselves or others. And find ways to humbly showcase examples without pointing individuals out so that they feel weird and celebrated. Instead, find ways to very simply teach, reinforce, and model. Listen, we live in a world where all of us are running around wondering if we make a difference, if we're doing it right, and then we glom on to whomever around us we trust and we do it that way. Well, what I just described is what is actually your culture. And you need to clearly demonstrate to the captain of the volleyball team what's expected of him or her, or they'll learn it on TikTok. You need to show the teachers what the job is supposed to look like so that they can meet that standard and not be disappointed on their own. All of our problems we are facing in the profession of teaching is basically around disconnect. Disconnect of expectations, lack of clarity, and constantly being surprised by new expected outcomes that no one had ever told us, and we've already got the year set up. You need to show leaders what they're accountable for, or they'll do whatever they want, and that is not strategic. At a minimum, you owe it to those you serve to explain how they'll be able to find success in this family, on this team, in this classroom, in this office, in this hospital, in our school, wherever. Each day offers us the opportunity to learn and grow. So let's create for everyone the clear pathways to success by showing them the ways in which to do it. This week, I'm going to end the podcast with a song from Golden Bear Record Studios. That's the studio that's run and owned by the Well Pennies. The song is called Home, and it's by Sarah Ralph. And my favorite lyric is, I trust in this timing of my life. I had to travel around the world to find you. cracks of this broken heart I thought I'd die alone Oh, a million miles away I've been Million smiles have welcomed me in Now it's time for me to come on home Cause you are my you
pushing so far my heart as the guide now it's time for me to come on home and be by your Cause you 